Good afternoon. This is Dr. David, and I want to welcome you back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. It is Friday, April the 28th, 2023, around noon, and uh, I'm glad to be back with you. Uh, I hope things have been going well for you. Um, This weather has been crazy, as you know, snowing in certain parts of the country, certainly rainy and cloudy in a lot of parts like uh, here in Atlanta, but it's just been kind of... uh, psychotic bipolar all over the place one day it's hot one day it's cold um you know that's the way the seasons are these days um because of some of the things that are happening to this planet uh, which i've talked about in the past so um anyway i think the weather is just kind of a reminder to us and clearly we're not paying attention i i would presume um that we need to take care of this beautiful planet that god has given us or the universe or however you want to look at it or whatever your beliefs are but you know it's my belief that this planet was given to us as a gift uh um by god the universe the higher forces higher powers whatever you want to call it and we're supposed to be stewards of this planet and i don't think we have been good ones and uh i don't know how that's going to change um it doesn't seem like people want to do much to change it uh companies don't seem to want to do much to change it um, you know, things like moved, moving to electric vehicles and things like that and, and solar power and things like that, I think, are going to help. But uh, it doesn't seem like big companies want to do a lot to help most consumers afford those things, which are extremely expensive. So um, anyway, we'll see how that goes. But uh, welcome back. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. Uh, that way, when a new episode comes out, you'll be the first to know. And definitely positively rate this podcast if you enjoy what you hear. Uh, It's my aim uh, and my goal to provide you with up-to-date information, with knowledge, uh, with principles, uh, with beliefs, uh, with vantage points that you might not get somewhere else. Uh, And so that's the whole purpose of this podcast, to provide you with a fresh start uh, in life, a fresh start on what you can do, the options available to you, and a fresh set of solutions. So welcome back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. Definitely check out recent episodes that I've done. I've done some recent episodes, a two-part series um, with Phoenix Soul uh, on self-love and self-care. Uh, I did a really highly watched uh, episode on stability with Melot Tesera, which you should definitely check out. And also recently did, uh, I think, two or three episodes uh it comes out in three episodes one full one and then one part one and part two but i recently did a speaker training uh slash presentation for amerigroup insurance Uh, and it was about general health and wellness mental health and wellness parenting styles family dynamics relationship rules and then general life self-improvement and growth principles Uh, and there were a lot of gold nuggets and just kind of general life principles that are going to aid you regardless of whether you have kids whether you have Uh, an active family, whether you don't, all those kind of things. So definitely check out those most recent episodes. Um, I think you'll really enjoy them. I also did one on the power of spring. This is spring. This is the season to plant seeds for a later harvest. So this should be your highest energetic point. It really should be. And if it's not, then you need to change that. That way, your actions, your activities, uh, the things that you do are in concert with nature. And the more you act with and alongside and in concordance with nature as opposed to working in opposition to it or incongruently with it, the more you're gonna achieve things, I promise you. 
Uh, so work with nature, work with the seasons, use the season to plant seeds, and then you're going to grow them throughout the summer. And then in the fall, you're going to get a harvest, but this is now the time to plant, right? Um, and so that's what you should be doing. Um, one thing I'm going to do differently with this podcast is instead of talking about me and, 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 you know, uh, other things about me and, uh, you know, my practices and things like that, I'm going to start with the podcast and then I'll do that at the end. That way, if you've listened to previous podcasts, you don't have to hear it again if you don't want to. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, and like I said, be sure to subscribe, uh, and positively rate this podcast. Today's podcast is all about quick fixes, right? And I think uh, I hadn't planned on doing this podcast on quick fixes. Actually, I was planning on doing it on, uh, which I'll do the next one on it. I was planning on doing this podcast on Oprah Winfrey, Super Soul Sundays, um, and then daily affirmations and motivational quotes. Excuse me. As you may or may not know, Oprah Winfrey was the catalyst for my two self-improvement books and for my diet book, The Nutrient Diet, right? She really was. Uh, Oprah Winfrey was a true leader and uh, um, vanguard when it comes to self-improvement. She really does. Uh, She really, in terms of people with a platform, I think she did more to highlight problems with mental illness, mental wellness, mental health, uh, life improvement, dealing with trauma and all those things on her show than anybody else did. Certainly there have been other people who've talked about self-improvement, mental health, mental wellness, illness, things like that, but not who had the platform that Oprah did and took the risk that she did, including how she spearheaded weight loss and took away the shame associated with obesity when she had her episodes where she lost all that weight and, you know, had a bag full of fat that represented all the weight that she lost. No one had ever done that before. Uh, that was just one of those monumental moments. Uh, and if, if people weren't living or, you know, old enough to remember that, they should definitely look it up online and look at the episodes of, of when Oprah Winfrey lost weight. But, you know, like I said, my self-improvement books are... are in tribute to Oprah Winfrey and Super Soul Sundays and her, uh, her, her daily motivations and daily motivational quotes. So you should look those up and subscribe to those. They are all across my websites. And I strongly believe in having daily affirmations uh, and day, daily motivational quotes to help you inspire you, right? It's a way of planting seeds. So you plant a seed in the morning by reading or creating a daily affirmation or a motivational quote, and then you let that seed grow throughout the day, and you continue to think about that quote. You can put it up on your wall, whatever, but start off the day with a motivational quote. Start off the day with a positive affirmation. Start off the day with a positive mantra, something that's going to guide your day in one way or another, and that way you don't have to worry about negativity and negative things overtaking your day and taking your joy away and taking your motivation and enthusiasm away. So start off your day with a positive motivational quote. Wake up with something positive. And let that guide you throughout the day. And, you know, um, that's the, that was the genesis for my books. Uh, my first self-improvement book, Sweet Potato Pie for the Spirit, Soul, and Psyche, a tribute to Oprah Winfrey and Super Soul Sundays. And then my second book, Tomato Bisque for the Brain. Um, so, and those books are full of positive affirmations and daily motivational quotes. Um, and I would recommend that you get the books and read those positive affirmations if you buy the books. 
and share them on social media, then I'll gift you the Audible versions of the books and you can listen to them throughout the day. And I have some clients uh, who do that, who listen to those positive affirmations throughout the day and their lives have changed. And it takes about at least 30 to 60 days for that to happen. But if you continue to do it and you're persistent and you're determined, I promise you it will happen. So anyway, thank you, Oprah. So definitely stay tuned for that episode. That will likely be the next episode. And then I'm also going to do a huge episode on boundaries. It may be a two part series because boundaries are so important and they're mat they're, they're missing, uh, from today. So many people have no boundaries at all. And it just flabbergasts me and, and shocks me when I see it. It shouldn't, but it does. And, and, and it's just amazing how people have absolutely no boundaries, no basic home training, uh, none of that stuff today. It's just disappeared, right? So that brings us to today's topic, which is closely related, right? So I want to talk about quick fixes, right? And the title, if you wanted to come up with a title for this podcast episode, it would be this quick fixes don't last long term right and i'm going to use a number of examples um, that i think from from our society that i see in the news and on tv today and just kind of everything but i think everybody a lot of people i shouldn't say everybody but a lot of people today are just looking for a quick fix and i can tell you quick fixes you get what you put in right input equals output that's a basic principle that i use in my practice Whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. If you put almost nothing in, you're going to get almost nothing out. And that's whether, regardless of whether you're talking about studying in school and your education, or if you're talking about your career and your work, or if you're talking about an investment account <clears throat> or anything else. Uh, if you open up an, an investment account at Charles Schwab or Fidelity uh, or Vanguard or BlackRock or any, any of those places, it, once you open up the account and fund it with whatever, like let's say $1,000 or $10,000, if you take that money out and never put anything back in, you're not going to get anything out. Just setting up the account doesn't do anything. That's a starting point, but that's it takes a lot more than that. So whatever you put into a system, whether it's your education and your classes or your office and your work or your church or social media presence or whatever, whatever you put in, is going to be what you get out. And if you put nothing in, you're not going to get anything out, right? So many times today, I think we live in a society that makes it really easy for people to go for a quick fix. Part of the reason why is because everybody's stressed out. Everybody's walking around stressed out. Um, and if you've seen some of the things in the news lately, you know, I think uh, I talked about that on one of my other podcasts, like 80, 90% of Americans feels like feel like we are in a mental health crisis right now. There's a mass shooting every other day or every other week now, uh, including school shootings and including shootings at banks and at shopping centers and for pulling into somebody's driveway by accident or knocking on someone's door by accident. You know, um, it, it just doesn't even make sense. Um, you know, um, get a good security system, honestly. Like, to me, that's the most... Uh, when I think about that story of that, I think, 80-something-year-old guy who shot that 16-year-old boy who knocked on his door by accident, who got the wrong house, and he just shot him, uh, I think, in the shoulder and then in the head uh, without the kid doing anything. Um, what is going on? Why don't you just get Ring 
or get a good security system, get ADT, get, you know, rather than just shooting somebody. It just doesn't make any sense, right? But that's a sh an example of a somebody who used a short-term fix or short-term solution and then look at the long-term effect. It didn't, it didn't lead to a good long-term effect, right? For either one of the parties, for the victim or the, or the perpetrator, for the, the old guy, the old guy who shot this kid, it's not going to end well for him. He's going to li live the last of his years in prison, which is not good. And this poor traumatized kid who probably has PTSD now, uh, that's going to travel with him forever. Um, you know, I remember when I was in fourth grade, uh, I was walking home uh, and we lived in a neighborhood where it was basically all white. We lived, you know, three blocks from two country clubs. It was all white. We were the only black family in our neighborhood. And I remember I was walking home from the school that I went to in fourth grade, um, which was maybe three, four blocks from my home. And somebody accidentally hit me. I believe it was by accident now. I didn't think that when I was a kid when it happened because I was traumatized. But in hindsight, I think it was by accident. But two kids who I think were inebriated uh, hit me and knocked me down uh, with a pickup truck in a pickup truck. And then one of uh, the, a neighbor uh, of the people who did it saw it. And he happened to be the father of a friend of mine in fourth grade. He chased after him and things like that. And we had to go to court and all that stuff. But it was a traumatic thing, even though I wasn't badly injured or anything like that. I just got hit unexpectedly by a truck and knocked down. But for this 16-year-old kid, and I mean, I was in fourth grade, right? So I, I, I don't know what age that is, 10, something like that. But for this 16-year-old kid who got shot twice, once in the head and once in the shoulder, can you imagine a 16-year-old kid getting shot I mean, for knocking on a door innocently to get a friend or a relative. I mean, I, but that's an example where people do stuff for a quick fix or a, a, a quick reaction. And it's not long-term. It's not well thought out, right? It's an example of a quick fix. And then you've got the, the issue with the, the young girls, the cheerleaders, who accidentally got in the wrong car and got shot too. Uh, I think she was killed. I mean, this is just crazy. This is just people reaching for short-term solutions and doing things reactionary and not thinking about the consequences, right? Or not thinking ahead of time. And that's the problem with our society today. Everybody wants a quick fix. And I'm going to go into this a little bit more, but part of it's just technology. Technology and AI and all this stuff is teaching everybody that all they have to do is point and click and they get what they want, right? And that's sad. We should not be crippled by technology, and by evolution we should be empowered by it right technology ai all that stuff should be helping us not harming us not crippling us right when you look at the most successful people in the world right and i could go through who those people are um you know part of my heritage comes from uh several of those uh, but when you look at the most successful people, and, and, and you could define success in a lot of ways, but I mean, like, for instance, educationally or moving up from one generation to another, you know, one generation starts out this way and the next generation, they're doing really, really well. When you look at them, the biggest thing that they have in common is that they experience adversity and usually for years. Right. So when you look at when you look at when you look at Jews, it, generally speaking, this is not true universally but generally speaking and i can say this as somebody who's jewish um jews are pretty successful in this country but when you look at the things that jews have endured it's 
it's unreal. The Holocaust, uh, racism for hundreds of years, uh, actually not hundreds of years, thousands of years, enslavement for hundreds to thousands of years. So w when you look at Jews and what Jews do and the systems that Jews use to become successful and to be determined and hard work and sacrifice and keeping their eyes on the prize and investing and things like that. The reason why is because of adversity. They've evolved, Jews have evolved in that. I could say the same thing about Asians, East Indians, uh, Asians, um, Africans. I could say that about some Europeans, you know, things like that. Um, but, you know, usually adversity slowly builds over time um, the traits that people need to be successful, but they're usually not short-term. They're long-term commitments, right? And that's what I think we should be looking for. Long-term, solid, foundational commitments and solutions, not short-term fixes. Um, short-term fixes lead people to believe that they've solved a problem when they haven't. It's an illusion. It's an illusion, right? And sometimes you need a short-term fix, right? If you if you have a small paper cut on your arm, you don't need surgery, generally speaking, in most cases. Now, if it gets infected with some swamp water or something like that, and you have, you know, necrosis and, you know, sepsis and all this kind of stuff, yeah, yeah. Now, that might be a situation where you need surgery, but that's not the average. The average paper cut just needs some hydrogen peroxide and maybe a Band-Aid and that. You may not even necessarily need a Band-Aid, some hydrogen peroxide, right? So sometimes short-term fixes are appropriate. You know, but some of the big things in life that we come up with short-term fixes for are just ridiculous. And I'm going to go talk about some of them right now. Um, so one of the things that I'm going to talk about, and I'm pulling some stuff that I see on TV all the time, right? There's this new brand of deodorant called Lumi. Lumi. I think it's Lumi or Lume, right? And it seems really, really revolutionary and, and interesting. Uh, there's a lady, a physician, a female physician who talks about it and she's like very blunt about it and she says you know put it under your boobs and put it under your arms and butt cracks and everything else um she's really really blunt about it which is interesting it's an interesting from from a marketing perspective but the thing about it is and maybe lumi uh is good in certain situations right you know like if you're trying to you know get to places where it's a deodorant stick might not work or things like that right but, you know, the obvious thing that comes to me every single night that commercial comes on is, why don't you just wash your butt, okay? Take a shower. Take a bath, right? And I'm going to tell you what it's going to lead to. Uh, and there's some recent statistics on this. <clears throat> Excuse me. What it's going to lead to is people are going to substitute taking showers and baths and just put on some Lume, right? That's what it's going to lead to. And that's not a good thing. That just means if when people do that, now that doesn't mean they have to do that, right? And the product doesn't say that. They don't say that on the advertisement, so I'll make that perfectly clear. They don't say that it replaces showers. Now, what they do say, which they're kind of edging their bets or uh, making the proposition that, you know, they talk about an odor score or whatever versus taking a shower with soap, right? Which is basically suggesting, right, not so subtly, that you should replace your shower and soap with Lumi. That is not a good idea. So th then you've got, you smell great, but you're carrying around germs, right? The purpose of a shower and a bath is to remove germs. It's not just to smell good. It's to remove germs. And you shouldn't replace that by just sticking some Lumi on you, 
right? Now, that doesn't mean you can't use Lumi instead of deodorant after you take a shower or after you take a bath. But the notion that you should use Lumi instead of a bath or a shower based on some odor score or stinkiness score or whatever they talk about is ridiculous. It's a bad short-term solution for that purpose. Now, it is. It, could you use Lumi instead of, uh, you know, Dove deodorant or Right Guard or Axe or any of those brands or, you know, for deodorant? Yeah, you probably could. But the notion that when you have an odor, which an odor means germs, right? That's what it means. It doesn't just mean you stink. It means that there's some bacteria or some fungus or something that's producing that odor, right? So that's really what the odor is. The odor is a symptom. It's a sign from your body and your tissues that there is bacterial or fungal or um, some other kind of activity and things are growing. Colonies are growing. That's what it really means. That's what the smell means. Just like a headache is an alert from your brain to let you know that something's wrong. Either the blood pressure is too high in the brain or your blood vessels are, um, you know, um, are, um, you know, irritated um, or inflamed, inflammation, whatever. But it just it's a signal that something's wrong. Odor is a signal that something is wrong, that something's growing that you don't want there, which means that you need to take a shower or bath. You need to get your butt in a shower or get your butt in a bath. Right. Do it quickly. You can do it. You can take a shower in three minutes. Right. Or four minutes or five minutes. But don't replace showers and baths with a product like this. And, you know, one of the things is that's interesting is there was a recent, uh, I have to pull up the statistic, but there was a recent statistic that basically said that instead of washing their clothes or sending their clothes to the cleaners, maybe because of COVID, maybe because of the economy and inflation and budgets, and I'm sure it's multifactorial. There are a lot of reasons why. But, you know, a lot of people aren't washing their clothes these days, right? They just spray some Febreze. Now, let me tell you, I like Febreze. <laughs> Febreze is great, especially for things that you don't necessarily need to wash all the time, right? Like a pullover sweater or a blazer or a jacket or a coat or, you know, things like that. Um, but the study that I read or the information that I saw basically said that people aren't showering as much, right? Or taking baths as much and they're not washing their clothes as much they're just spraying them for, for breeze right and and that's just not good right you should wash your clothes you should wash your butt i could use a different word that came to my mind instead of butt you know um but i'm trying to keep this clean right but you know wash yourself take a shower if you want to buy some Lumi and use that uh, it, during the day when you can't take a shower fine but don't replace your baths and showers with Lumi, right Let's go on to another thing that I've seen in the news too, another product. So another product, um, and, and, you know, I guess anybody can say anything on a commercial these days. It seems like the FDA doesn't really do anything to protect you from drugs that shouldn't be on the market, right? And I know, well, surely some people remember the stuff with some of the drugs that have come out that didn't, that were FDA approved and then didn't turn out to be good. And it's like, okay, well, what was the FDA doing or thinking? Uh, one of the older ones that comes to mind is the, a product called FinFin. And there were some other products similar to that for weight loss or whatever. But there was another product, uh, another several other products that came out in the market uh, that had issues too. One of them, and I remember when, when during the time that I was in medical school or finishing medical school, doing a clerkship in family medicine, and the drug reps uh, would come around and talk about this product. But it was called Invocana. 
and it was for, um, I believe it was for diabetes. And then later on, they found all this thing that it caused this and it caused that and all these kind of things. But hey, that drug was FDA approved. So where the hell was, where was the FDA in terms of protecting the public? Well, I guess you could talk to the people who died or the people who have permanent health problems about that. The money that they got from a lawsuit against Invocon is not going to help them in terms of their health. It, it may make their life a little bit easier if they lived through it, but it's not going to help. So where was the FDA? It seems like any product can just get approved for anything these days. Um, or it almost seems like, you know, to be rather blunt about it, it almost seems like the FDA is kind of in bed with drug companies. Um, you know, and I, I'm not saying that that's the case, but that's the way that it seems to me. It seems like any drug gets approved these days and then we'll worry about the fallout later or let the drug company worry about the fallout. But that's not going to help the public who see these commercials. Uh, and some of these commercials that I see, I'm just like sitting here thinking, okay, well, that gets rid of the symptom, but it doesn't get rid of the problem. Um, that's probably the commercials that come to me the most are the ones for like, you know, uh, dermal conditions, um, you know, not dermatitis, but, you know, other things where people have rashes on their eye, their elbows and, you know, things like this. And it's like, oh, take this product. Oh, by the way, this product uh, compromises your immune system. Never mind that, but your skin will look great. Come on, really? I mean... I get that people want to look well and look good and look healthy and things like that, but I, I don't think I'd be willing to compromise my immune system so my elbows don't have some bumps. You know, come on. That's a bad, in my opinion, a bad short-term solution. To compromise your immune system to get rid of some bumps? What you should do instead and what we should be doing is finding out the reason for those bumps in the first place instead of just covering them up by suppressing your immune system. There's a reason why your immune system is attacking your skin. It's because of something in the environment, right? Maybe a product that's being used, maybe something you're ingesting, maybe your diet, right? Which is why I have a book called The Nutrient Diet that helps people to have a healthier diet. But if you've got skin lesions and the, these skin issues and, and skin conditions seems to seem to be increasing in number, it's probably something in the environment. It's probably something in the food, additives, uh, food coloring, uh, preservatives, something in our products you know who knows but we need to find that out instead of just covering up the symptom the body is trying to tell people stuff if you've got a crop of lesions in your elbow region or some other region your body's trying to tell you something something's wrong right and just covering it up with a product that kills part of your immune cells uh which is bad since we're you know have viruses viral pandemics and you know, viruses and bacteria are on the rise and things like this. Do you really want to ruin your immune system or kill part of your immune system just to get rid of some bumps? I wouldn't. I'm just saying. Um, I would want to do that. Uh, and I think that's a short, a short-sighted quick fix. And, and the price you pay is your immune system, right? And it wouldn't be surprising to me, right? And if you can do your own research, you can go anywhere to a credible website and do some research and see the risks associated with immunosuppression, right? One of the biggest ones that comes to mind is cancer later on in life. And it wouldn't surprise me that a lot of people who are using these immunosuppressants end up with a higher incidence or prevalence of cancer later on, right? And then what? You know, even if you could sue the drug companies and win, it's not going to, you know, that, that doesn't cure everything. A settlement doesn't cure anything. 
Um, that brings us, I'm going to bring you to the next product that I noticed on TV that they talk about kind of things. And this is actually not all bad. Neither, none of these are all bad, but it's just how you use them. The next one is this product called Cardio Mobile. It's a, it's a thing that helps you, you, I guess you connect it to your iPhone or whatever, and you take an EKG, right? doesn't sound like a bad thing, especially if you have a chronic heart condition. It would be really, really convenient to take an EKG at home, right? Uh, and I totally understand that as, as, as someone with relatives with heart conditions. I think they probably most likely run in my family since multiple people in my family ended up with, with heart-related diagnoses during COVID. I think it's probably COVID-related, which kind of makes you wonder, where's Dr. Fauci? Where's the covid pandemic team and all that stuff's disappeared even though they're telling you to still get vaccinated and this and that nobody's talking about any of these new variants or anything there's no task force that that has any prevalence where's the cdc where are any of these people out to lunch gone gone which is sad um and i could go into the reason why i think that is but you haven't seen them right um at least with and i'm, I'm not going to get into politics but you know I'll just say, where's the task force? Where are all these people? Where are, these, where are the experts? Where's the CDC? <coughs> Excuse me. They don't seem to be leading. But, but back to Cardio Mobile, it, it, would be, it is very convenient uh, and it's revolutionary to be able to take an EKG at home. But if you look at the advertisement in the commercial where this guy comes on and talks about Cardio Mobile and he's basically comparing it to a car, right? And this is where the error occurs. And anybody who knows, any, anybody who went to medical school even if you're not a cardiologist, you realize this. The first thing that he says is that your car has a check engine light. Your heart doesn't. That's a lie. That is a lie, a clear lie. And how you're allowed to say that on TV? The heart has so many warning signals that it gives all the time. And all you have to go to is to your family practitioner your family medicine doctor or an internal medicine do doctor or a cardiologist and they can tell you there's all kind of things that tell you things about the heart and its functioning right from an EKG to listening to your heart sounds to looking at your nails your fingernails right to looking um, at your retinal blood vessels there's a whole book in medical school that every medical school student I believe has to read right um, it's called Bates I think it's called Bates Physical Examination. Uh, I had a couple of them. I had Bates and I had another book that I actually liked more than Bates because I think the other book had more of a clinical slant and was like easier for me to take in as a second year uh, or third year medical school student. But they talk about all the signs throughout your body from your nails to your eyes to your skin to, you know, you're listening to your heart and everything else that are warning signals from your heart. They're all over the place. But according to him, this guy in this commercial, they don't exist, right? That's just a lie. It's just not true. It's not true. The heart does have check engine signs. You got to go to a doctor to get them. You know, you're not going to get them at home and you shouldn't be getting them at home. Now, if you want to use something like CardioMobile, that kind of technology as, you know, just to kind of get a sense of your heart functioning while you're away from the doctor's office. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But going on TV and saying, you know, your car has a check engine light, but your heart doesn't. Is he a physician? Probably not. The heart has all kinds of signs. They're called signs. And there's books that talk about all of them. Huge books. Signs from the heart. Signs from the liver. Signs from the brain. Signs from the kidneys. Signs from the liver. Signs from the pancreas. 
total books dedicated to all the signs. Every single organ system in your body has signs and warning, warning signs, signs, symbols, uh, indicators that tell you something's wrong, right? That's why you go to the doctor. That's why you have a yearly complete physical examination. That's when you go to the doctor when you have a symptom that won't go away, things like that, right? They are there. So to say on TV over and over and over again to people that your body, that your heart doesn't have a check engine light and things like that, yeah, it does. Uh, the biggest one is chest pain. That's a check engine light uh, or chronic chest pain or all kinds of things. But the notion that your, 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 your heart doesn't have a check engine light but Cardiomobile does is, is ridiculous. So anyway, another short-term fix. Even though it, it might be good to augment if you have a diagnosed heart condition um, to keep tabs on it in between visits to your cardiologist or your family medicine physician or your internist, sure. But the notion to say on national TV that the heart doesn't have check engine lights, uh, yeah, it's got a ton of them. Probably more, the only other organ that probably has more check engine lights then the, then the heart is the brain, right? And that makes sense, right? Some of the other short fixes or short-term fixes that I think that, that are not good for society, uh, de especially depending on how they're used, is applications. There's an app for everything now. And now there's all this a AI technology with ChatGPT where basically people can get this app to write their papers for them. You know, um, as somebody with an extensive extensive amount of education and you can go to my websites or you can go look at my books or anywhere facebook and, and you know get a sense of my education uh, i learned from my experiences right i learned by doing stuff i learned from writing papers i learned how to synthesize and organize and digest information to take in information and then synthesize it and then put it out in in an organized thought-provoking intelligent way that's a skill if we now have people using apps to write their papers for them and do everything for them, they're going to not have that skill. Is that really somebody that you want, I don't know, pressing levers or doing things uh, at a company or in charge of executing stuff? And if they don't know how to synthesize information and then reverberate it back, you're going to end up with a room full of people who don't know how to communicate or digest information or synthesize information or report information in a helpful way, right? That's the difference between data and information, right? Information is the use of data in an intelligent way to help come up with better decisions. But people don't know that these days because people don't study stuff or think about stuff. They just instantly get the information or the answers. You know, the journey is more important than the destination in a lot of ways. And the journey that you take to acquire information and to write papers and get your education and things like that, um, that journey helps build the mental muscles that you need to succeed in the world. And if you just get instant gratification and instant things like having a, an app to write your papers for you and do your homework for you and all those kind of things, then what kind of mental muscles are you going to have? What kind of brain are you going to have? Now, you're going to get used to everybody and somebody or someone or anyone doing your work for you. Is, is that what we need? Um, I don't think it's a good thing. Um, that brings me to other things that people use for short-term gratification or short-term fixes. Marijuana, illicit drugs, right? Temporarily good, but in the long term, they're probably not good, right? 
And, you know, it's funny because there was this big push, and there's still a lot of pushes to legalize recreational marijuana. Uh, and I've sat on multiple physician panels where this topic came up. And most physicians, at least back then, I don't know about now, if you took a poll of physicians, <coughs> excuse me, about who's for the recreational use of marijuana. I'm not talking about medicinal use. I'm talking about recreational use. But maybe it's changed, but back then, the panels that I sat on, there were no physicians on the panels who were for recreational marijuana. And that's because of this. It hasn't been, number one, it hasn't been studied enough. And then number two is, you know, what if some studies come out saying it's okay, and then later studies come out and say, oh, it's not okay, it causes schizophrenia or Parkinsonism, right? Then what? All the people that you told it was okay and they used it and, and then what are they going to do as they get older and they've been smoking weed for 20 years not good um one of the things that people who are advocates for recreational marijuana maybe don't understand or, or don't realize or not knowledgeable about is this marijuana or the active ingredient in marijuana thc operates upon the dopaminergic pathway too much dopamine in the brain right in the body leads to schizophrenia and psychotic breaks too little leads to a movement disorder called parkinsonism right so if you have too little dopamine you end up with parkinsonian symptoms right you can look that up if you have too much you end up with schizophrenia right or a psychosis psychosis or psychotic episode those aren't good so would you really want to intake a chemical that operates in that same pathway all the time right and not only that but if you buy it off the street you never know what it's laced with I mean, I get a call to my office every month from usually an African-American mother or aunt about their son or nephew who went out with some friends, probably smoked weed, probably drank, had a bad trip. It scared him. And now, six months later, he won't leave his room. He's paranoid. He quit his job, his part-time job. He quit college, and he just sits there all day. And I have to have a conversation with them about how their son probably has schizophrenia, right? Or how he's probably in need of medications. And I can help by referring them to a psychiatrist. Um, and they can come to my office if they want life coaching and therapy and things like that to help move beyond the circumstances, right? But they're probably going to need medications for life. That's not a good thing. Uh, and when people have discussions about... Uh, recreational marijuana and making it legal. Nobody talks about that. No, nobody talks about these kids who are now have schizophrenia because of a bad trip. Maybe it was laced. Maybe it's just their predisposition uh, based on you know their genetics and how they process dopamine in a normal way. Who knows? But it's not good, and that needs to be part of discussion. And not to mention other illicit drugs, right? Then there come, you know, addictive prescriptions like benzodiazepines, like Valium and Xanax and things like that. Or stimulants for ADD or ADHD, like Adderall and Ritalin, things like that. And all the cardiovascular and other side effects that they carry. Nobody talks about that, right? Those stimulants can cause all kinds of things. Manic episodes, bipolar disorder, heart conditions, heart attacks, uh, hyper hypertrophy of the heart, which means the heart muscle gets bigger than it should. They can cause strokes. They can cause all kinds of things. And nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about that. But a lot of people, I mean, if you look at college students and law school students and medical school students, the percentage of them on stimulants is so high, it's ridiculous. And I'm not just saying this as somebody with an MD 
um, with a holistic mental health and wellness practice. I'm saying this as somebody who was on prescription stimulants for about 15 years. And I have high blood pressure now. And it's probably because of those stimulants. And there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, I think I probably first started getting treated for high blood pressure at the age of maybe 35. But I'm pretty sure being treated with Adderall for 15 years highly contributed to that. I'm, I'm sure I probably would have eventually gotten hypertension. But probably not at the age of 35. Probably more at the age of 55. Right? But who's saying anything about that? Nobody. All right? Stimulants are not good. If you have ADD or ADD symptoms, it could be caused by anxiety or some other thing or depression. A lot of things can lead to ADD symptoms, right? Even uh, even um, preservatives and food additives and food colorings and things like that. If you have ADD symptoms and you've been told to come be, be on stimulants, come to my office so we can talk about it, right? Um, there's a podcast episode that I did with my client, uh, Melot Tezera, Tezera. And she, before she found me, she went to 19 different doctors. And all they did was push prescription pills on her. Uh, benzodiazepines like Xanax and, and, and um, um, Valium, which are addictive and cause dementia, premature dementia, right? And stimulants, right? Which cause all kind of problems that I just named, right? That's all they did. And then she found me. Um, Short-term fixes do not work well. Uh, and not to mention opioid narcotics, right? We're in an epidemic. And let me just say this. We're not just in an opioid narcotic epidemic. We're also in a benzodiazepine or Xanax epidemic. And then we're also in a stimulant epidemic. You could call it Adderall, Ritalin, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter which one. They all work kind of the same way. But we're, we have epidemics for all of those. We're in a mental health crisis in this country. And all we're doing is offering short-term fixes that make drug companies rich and harm society. It's like corporate welfare. And it's not good. Right? Um, which is why my practices exist. To do no harm. Which is the first oath that MDs take. Right? To first do no harm. And then to do good. Right? Um, and if you're told by someone a physician, a provider, a prescriber to go on a medication. <clears throat> Excuse me. Look it up. Um, if it's for ADD, make sure it's not addictive. It probably is. There are a few non-stimulants that are used for ADHD. Um, but by and large, the prescriptions are usually for Ritalin, Adderall, things like that. Right? Vyvanse, um, addictive medications with a lot of side effects. And then the same is true for anxiety and panic disorder, panic attacks right? Xanax. Um, and you can read up on what that causes, right? Especially long-term. It's just not a good solution, right? So you don't want easy ways out. You want true, long-term, stable, non-harmful, non-addictive solutions. You want real solutions, right? And that's why I have the kind of practices that I have. So anyway, uh, with that, I'm going to kind of conclude this episode. I promise you, if you do the work, right? Whether it's writing a paper or whether it's taking a shower or brushing your teeth or going to your doctor's office for regular appointments or choosing um, a healthy choice versus a self-medicating choice or finding holistic solutions to problems with anxiety or ADD or things like that. 
I promise you, you're going to build the mental muscles that you need to be successful throughout life. And you're not going to harm your body uh, in the process. And with that, I would also recommend that you check out my other episode. I did an, a full episode called Listen to Your Body, It's Not Lying to You. And it, and it goes through some of the things that I brought up when I was talking about Lumi and Cardiomobile and other things, right? Listen to your body. It's not lying to you. It's trying to tell you something, right? And if you, if you, if you stink, that's your body's way of letting you know that there's bacteria or fungus there, right? That, that's a sign. You know, take a shower. Okay, with that, I'm going to close out. Uh, definitely check out, uh, subscribe, and rate the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. If you are interested in being a guest on my podcast and you want to talk about a topic, please let me know. There are upcoming topics about uh, that I'm happy about. I'll be doing a podcast soon about Oprah Winfrey, uh, Super Soul Sundays, and the benefits of positive affirmations and daily motivational quotes. I'll also be doing upcoming podcasts about a plant-based diet. I've had people who've been asking me about that. I, uh, even though I've written a diet book, I'm not an expert in a plant diet, a plant-based diet, but I have a guest who is. So I'm going to have an upcoming, uh, podcast episode soon on, uh, plant-based diets. And then I'll have a two-part series about boundaries because they're so important in today's society, today's living. You've got to have boundaries, boundaries with people, boundaries with work, Boundaries with friends, boundaries with relatives, boundaries about your money, right? And your time, okay? So with that, I'm going to sign off. Thanks so much for checking in. I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.